Sugar Ross? Is that Sugar Ray's cousin? What kind of band is that? We talk uh, a few times in this podcast about bands that's like uh, music to try to get laid to or whatever. Cigaros makes music to go to sleep to. This is nighttime music. If you want to go to sleep, you're the kind of person that buys an aura ring and tracks are sleep and you go, oh shit, if I listen to Cigaros an hour before I go to bed, I sleep so much better. Because what else would you possibly do while listening to Cigaros? Nothing fun. I guarantee it. No one ever says, let's go fishing. What do you want to listen to? No one goes to the bar and puts on cigarettes. Nobody does anything fun in their entire life and goes, you know what would make this moment so much more enjoyable? If you ever want to get banned from a bar that has an internet jukebox, just put one of this band's songs on. <laughs> you want to suck the fun out of anything you're doing? Cigarettes is like a vacuum of enjoyment. Maybe I should use it to put my kids to sleep or something, I guess. Now that I think about it, maybe, maybe there's value to this band after all. I'll be like, kids... Gather around the stereo while I throw on some cigarettes and they fall asleep in my arms. I wouldn't be surprised if they found it creepy. Yeah. You know, because they're like kids, they don't have all the context for the everything that's happening. So they might not find it, you know, whimsical or whatever. They might just be like, Daddy, why is that what's the ghost man doing? Why does it sound like a haunted dream? It really is just lullabies for adult toddlers. I mean, I would be surprised if they never put out an album called Songs to Fall Asleep to. Yes, it should really be that. <laughs> There's so many things to talk about this episode. But if my son were to ask me, Dad, what is he singing? I figured for this episode, all I have to do is show up, mention the fact that this band sometimes sings in their own made up baby talk language and just let you go. I love it when he goes. (laughs) That's my favorite part. Did you know they call the made up language? Hope landing. The fact that they fucking call it anything pisses me off. It should be called made up bullshit language. If a kid's book made up a language, you would go, what the fuck is this bullshit? But a band does it, and for some reason we allow them to name it? No, you know what it's called? Nothing. I'm not sure they should be allowed to call it a language because I don't think they've ever said what any of it means, which is what a language is. It seems like they're just making sounds that don't mean anything and then telling everyone it's a language because that sounds a lot better than saying you're just making sounds that don't mean anything. Klingon is a made-up language, but there are Star Trek nerds who learned it and can talk to each other using Klingon. Already lose it? Did we lose that one? It's fine. This is going to be short. Yeah. Nobody can have a conversation in Hopelandic, therefore it is not a language, and if you've ever told someone how cool it is that Rose made up their own language, you're a dork. The thing is, is people actually speak uh, Elven from Lord of the Rings, because it's an actual language that someone took the time to fucking, don't get me wrong. These people are psychopaths. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. They're nuts. But I mean, that is insane to me. It is a language that someone came up with. It is an actual language. And maybe we wouldn't even be doing this episode of Cigarose if, for example, they were like singing Klingon from fucking Star Trek. I would die. That would be hilarious. That would be pretty funny. With this music. Klingon version of Cigarose would be really entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Or just. (laughs) This is arguably reason for us to invade Iceland and possibly take it over as a 51st state of this so, country. Yeah, here's the thing about that. Even We would still be doing this episode even if they just spoke Icelandic. I don't know what this music is like for people who speak Icelandic right. and grew up in Iceland or whatever. Embarrassing. If you look up the lyrics 
of this stuff. Unless Iceland is a nation of adult toddlers and this just seems normal to them, you would not believe how stupid and nonsensical the translations of this band's lyrics are. If you don't speak the language, you can just pretend he's saying something that fits the vibe. But for people who have Icelandic as a first language, there's no way they can ignore this guy is singing about jumping up and down in a rain puddle. This is a song about a farmer falling off a tractor. It's fucking nursery rhyme level logic. And then he's singing it over this music that it makes no sense to put that to. Honestly, be pretty surprised if this band is super popular in Iceland. I think this is just like an export thing. Yeah. Where you send it off. And they probably like get local awards. This is one of two reasons why anyone even fucking knows that Iceland exists sure. in the rest of the world. This and Bjork, you know, yeah. probably they probably get all kinds of awards and maybe even government grants or some shit. And for some reason, the government doesn't also, want to acknowledge all the amazing satanic black metal that comes out of fucking Nordic countries in general. How many people are even in Iceland? I would imagine that this band is like 5% of the population. I was just say that. Yeah, I mean, they probably make up a good chunk of the population. Their family included is probably 50%. I feel like it would be relatively embarrassing and you know this conversation has happened so many times. Oh, you're from Iceland? Oh my God, you love Singerost? And people are probably like, I would kill you right now if I could, but I can't, but I would, because fuck you. No way anybody from Iceland is super proud of this. They're probably insanely embarrassed and go, no, we don't love the band that sings literally nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is there to be proud of? Oh my God. Yeah, we love Cigarros. You know, their lyrics. No way anybody is proud of that. Honestly, even if they are somewhat popular in Iceland, again, it's an island with not a large population. It is fair to say that 99% of the people who listen to this band do not speak the language that this band is singing in. And that is the only reason you are able to enjoy this bullshit. And even if that weren't the case, it would certainly apply to... Everyone, 100% of this band's fans, when it comes to the baby talk, Hopelandic, nobody speaks that. It is impossible for anyone to have a conversation in that. It's not a language, just nonsense sounds. The way that people talk about, if you do an internet search right now for religious experience, Sigaros, there will be thousands upon thousands of results because that's the way that people talk about this band because what this music is, is basically like, secular glossolalia they even have a song that's called like a play on the word glossolalia glossoli or something like that that's speaking in tongues which is if you're doing it for non-religious reasons it is secular gospel music which is what this fucking is Mm -hmm. i quite literally have had people tell me to my face that going to see cigaros was a religious experience and they were themselves a religious person to which i quietly to myself because i don't think at the time i was quite willing to say it was saying well that's actually what's happening in your brain your brain is experiencing a sense of euphoria brought on by these melodies and sounds and it's making you feel one with the universe here's the thing i could just you could just do that with so much better other shit People who are attending a concert, their brainwaves sync up and it gives them a feeling of togetherness. It's scientific brainwave studies. You can look this shit up. 
You're going to go to an ACDC show. Sure. And that's going to fucking happen to you. Well, and I think and this is obviously music to get really fucked up and let, eat mushrooms and do smoke a ton of weed, which I don't do any of that stuff because the drugs are bad. But if you did hypothetically do a bunch of that, I'm sure even if you didn't like this fucking band, you'd be like, I think I found Jesus. I met the creators. Well, yeah, because you're tripping your balls off. And it doesn't mean anything, so you're allowed to just insert your own meaning. So everyone, even though it's a bunch of individuals who all think they're experiencing togetherness, but they're all on their own trip with it, you have the space to assume everyone is interpreting it the same way that you are. I mean, that's fucking cult 101 shit right there. And the most fucked up thing about this cult is that approximately 85 plus percent of everything this singer sings sounds like he's saying the English word you. So this is basically an ego cult. Just you over and over again. This is basically an ego cult where a ton of narcissists, little baby brain level narcissists, everything is me. My needs are the most important thing. If I don't get what I want, I'm going to throw a fucking tantrum. Baby level narcissists standing around listening to this guy sing you at them over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, How do you not mm -hmm. feel like a fucking baby while that is happening? It's you. It's you. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. And like how babies have no fucking long-term memory so they don't remember that they just laughed at this joke so you can just keep going, look at you. Look at you. Over and over again. Mm -hmm. And like if I keep doing, look at you. (laughs) Someone in the comments right now is like, God, why won't Tyler stop fucking doing this? (laughs) Meanwhile, people are lining up sell out Sugar Rose concerts, and it's the same thing. Look at you. Look at you. I'm going to keep doing that through this whole video because fuck you. This is what you like. You like this. It's definitely a cult for sure, 100% through and through, top to bottom it is. I've seen, because I I have been dragged to some Sugar Rose shows in my life due to past relationships that failed. Gee, I wonder why. They're all about you. (laughs) It's a moment of truth. Uh, So there are probably more people crying at Trigger roast shows than any other fucking oh, shows I've ever sure. been to in for my life. Sure. And again, five sure. No one leaves this show with a smile on their face. They either have tears <laughs> in their eyes. Everyone's doing the walk of shame. It's yes. like you, you might as well just go in there and fuck each other. Like, if you're gonna walk out that ashamed of what no. just happened. <laughs> They're walking out, looking at each other, basically being like, Are you so sad right now? <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm so sad. Guess we'll just go home. We'll just all go to our separate homes now. I was sad because I was for sure not getting laid that night because there's no way anybody was happy. Nobody left that show and was like, man, let's go have a good time. (laughs) Who's ready to party? Yeah, is there a nap section at Rose Concerts? (laughs) There should be. Instead of a VIP section, just up front, you get cots. That's what you do most of the time when you listen to this band's music, right? They should just lean into it, man. So like a $5,000 VIP package 100%. that comes with a bed in the front row. <laughs> That's right. Any show that you go to where you can sit down for three quarters of the show sucks. I love that moment in any concert. I don't care what the genre is. That moment where everyone's like, so we're all going to sit down now, right? <laughs> yes, <that is> <laughs> And the first person does it, you're like, oh, shit. Yes. Fuck yeah. The guy in front of you, the girl in front of you sits down, and you're like, oh, thank God. It, just, it hits like a wave. It's, it's oh. almost like the opposite of people doing the wave at oh, a sure. sports game. You're so pumped at the Cigaro show. Oh, that guy actually laid down. Oh, fuck. I'm in, dude. 
my fucking girlfriend's crying right now and I'm just ready to take a nap, dude. This is cool. It's you. <laughs> it's you. Now that we've sold a bunch of shirts, maybe people will start responding to them wearing our shirt. We get tagged in posts all the time, I see. Yeah, if you get a shirt. At yfbspod.com. I want to hear the stories. Oh, I definitely want to hear some stories. I bet it's a lot of people laughing at the shirt. I bet when you're walking around in a shirt that says your favorite band sucks on it, you get a lot of people who aren't dumb as fuck going, that shirt's funny. I hope. It's a great conversation starter or ender. If you're a single person and you're someone that goes on dates, you should buy a shirt and wear it on a date. Mm -hmm. It's a great litmus test. Figure out right away, oh, this person I'm going on this date with favorite band is Weezer. Text your friend, hey, uh, can you call me in a minute and tell me that you really need my help? Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. The title of one album is just an empty parentheses. So anytime someone wants to talk about that album, they have to call the album parentheses, which is hilarious, especially because that's the album where this band broke through to mainstream popularity. So all of a sudden you had all these people talking about how much the parentheses album makes them cry. Yeah. The parentheses album just makes me cry. And all the songs are untitled. So until the fans figured out what the band calls the songs, and then they started using those terms as if they know the band and are insiders, you know, mm -hmm. The conversations were just people talking about how they like the eighth one better than the third one. I like the sixth one. I like the fifth one. Yeah, dude, the only logical conclusion is somebody saying to you, every time I listen to Sigurosa's parentheses album, I cry. You know what you should say 100% of the time? Get therapy. You obviously need this someone their, to this talk to. This is their therapy. No, but that's but the they're problem. not actually processing anything. That's right. They're touching that thing and just and just <laughs> hanging out with it instead of fucking processing. That's like it. going to a therapist, telling them your problems, and them going, "But don't don't got yeah. And then, not, and then you come back next week and say the same shit. Oh and they God. say the same shit. My therapist said a bunch of words that aren't actually words, and I started crying. If you went to your therapist and told them everything wrong, and they were just like, "Yeah, that's you. Yeah, yeah, it's you. <laughs> this is you. This is what you you." Because you, 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 and when you, 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 this is how you, you. I'm crying. I'm crying right now. This is just so powerful. You need fucking real help. The most hilarious thing about that parentheses album, though, is not only are they singing in a made up language, not only is that language not actually a language because it's just nonsense, every song on that album has the same lyrics as every other song and they're just delivered in a different way. Amazing. So deep, dude. It just really just hits me in the heart. To me, that's the ultimate form of trolling. Like someday on his fucking deathbed, I hope that he lives to be 100 years old and when he's 100 years old and he's literally his final words were like, I was just fucking with you all the whole time. I partially believe that, dude, because how could it not be? I think that this whole thing is like a psyop convincing the rest of the world how easy it is to get Americans to stand around talking like four-year-old kids. On the parentheses album, I like the second one. Well, I like the sixth one. I like the one where he goes goo goo gaga. This band named an EP Baba Tiki Dido. They named a song Gobbledygook. You're listening to this on purpose as an adult. Actually sitting here talking about this is the exact reason why I hate art. Also, well, that's the other thing. This would make so much sense if it was fucking Dada. Like yeah. if it was supposed to uh, take you to this avant-garde, nothing means anything place. But it's fucking not. 
They talk about what these songs are supposed to mean and do to the world. They name the language Hope Landing. That is anti-Dada. So if you're about to get in the fucking YouTube comments right now and tell me that they are on purpose doing Dada, you don't name the language Hope anything. Dada was nihilistic as fuck, dude. I don't like art being explained to me. Either I like it or I don't. If I look at a painting, I go, that's cool. I like it. I don't want to hear the fucking story. I don't need the explanation. You're losing. If you need to explain to me why it's good, it's not fucking good. Yes. Because the painting was your opportunity. Yes. I don't want to be sold on what makes something good or bad. If you have to explain to me why your made up language is trying to express this, I don't fucking care. I hate it. Look, I taped a fucking banana to the wall and that's because, okay, I don't, you lost me. I don't care. If you have to use a real language to explain your made up, not language, maybe you should just use the real language in the first place because that's what you're fucking doing right now. Right. You know when I said, yeah, what I really meant was if you look, if you look introspectively at yourself in the dynamics of the universe, oh. this song is actually about, fuck you, dude. That's what I think. You're a fucking asshole. And all your fucking fans are assholes, too. Someone's going to listen to this goddamn episode and explain to me what we don't get about cigarettes. Fuck you. Already. I'm just telling you right now what our response is going to be. My response is going to be, fuck you. I mean, this is the biggest jack-off band in the history of the world. Do you think that Iceland is going to nuke us? Oh, wait, no, I guarantee nukes? you that yeah. like a hundred percent of people in Iceland are going to be in the comments on this video saying thank you. Bjork is going to use some secret alternate YouTube account to leave a comment. <laughs> like, fucking yeah, thank them. you. Yeah. Every single time one of these guys puts out an album, my name has to get dragged into it, and I do not deserve that. I did not ask for that. We're just from the same place, dude. Imagine if you went to the same high school with someone who ended up being a serial killer or some shit. Yeah, that's it. It's the and whole thing you talk about. Every article about that person being a serial killer mentioned that you went to high school with them. Mm -hmm. How much would that suck? That's how much it sucks to be Bjork being from the same place as this band. I wish we could have got Bjork on this fucking podcast. <sighs> it's Bjork. It's so <laughs> It's Bjork. Oh, it's shit. Bjork. It's Bjork. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> There's so many great metal bands from that whole area. In my opinion, I don't know. I don't know the whole history of Iceland. You know why? Because I fucking didn't pay attention in school. But I would like to assume that the greatest export a majority of Icelandic people or Nordic country folks would say, the best thing that we've ever created is black fucking metal. We like volcanoes and songs about Satan and burning down churches. That's what we like. We don't want to even claim Cigarros exists because fuck that band. It would be like if you as an American went overseas and as soon as anyone found out that you were American, they're like, oh, hamburgers, huh? Hamburgers, hamburgers. And you're like, I'm yeah. fucking vegetarian. Yeah. yeah, but you like you eat cows still, right? right. Fucking hamburgers, dude. They're so fucking great. <laughs> dude, I, I think that we should do a uh, GoFundMe to send us to Iceland and walk around with a microphone and ask people what they think about cigarettes. Dude, I'm not taking that <laughs> flight. Do you have any idea how long that flight has to be? Oh, my I'm God. I'm guessing... 12 hours at least, maybe like 18. And then you get there and you're in Iceland. I, is there a volcano going off right now in somewhere? I don't know. You think that makes tickets cheaper? No, I, no, I think people are <laughs> actually going there right now. Hey, I might die, but I'm going to get to see a volcano. Yeah. 
<laughs> so fucking good, dude. I'm just going to watch the video on YouTube later, dude. <laughs> I think a lot of people think that death is somehow temporary or something like, man, it would be so crazy to go see a volcano. You realize that if you die, that is it, right? There isn't, this is not Super Mario, bro. There's no fucking restart here. I cannot believe that this band is a still releasing music touring and b there are still fans who want to listen to their new music mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and look i can totally see how people get sucked into this thing just like i can see how a certain kind of person gets sucked into a cult it makes sense man same thing with like scams if the nigerian prince thing didn't work on some people the nigerian prince thing wouldn't exist yeah and A lot of people are saying this now, so it's kind of like a cliche conversation to have. So I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. But one thing that is coming to light now about the whole Nigerian prince thing, because everyone wonders, who could possibly fall for this? The people who could fall for it are the people who would fall for it. And that's why it is what it is. It filters out anyone with any kind of thought process that would keep them from falling for it. That's why it is that ridiculous. Because if someone will fall for that, you can get them to give you their social security number, bank account number, and routing number. And you have everything you need at that point. That's why it's that that ridiculous. This is one of the easiest episodes of this show that Mark and I have ever done. We don't have notes. Neither one of us has notes right now. Normally, we have a notepad sitting in the middle of us with like things to make sure that we talk about and talk, check on. There's literally nothing in between us right now. Not a nothing, zero, no notepad. So many notes for most episodes. This one came up and we were both just like, all right, just riff. <laughs> all right, let's go. We need to come up with a name for it or like a chart. Say at the bottom, if you say, I don't like ACDC, they suck. A good chunk of people are just going to go, whatever, dude, you're an idiot. If they love ACDC, you're like, well, whatever, man. And there's in like the middle ground, I don't know, maybe Led Zeppelin or something like that, where people are like, really, dude, that's some really good shit. You're kind of dumb for not liking it. I get it. Your whole shit is hating on stuff, but you got to admit Led Zeppelin's pretty good (laughs) like that. And then in the upper echelon would be like Radiohead. Their whole identity is threatened. As far as all the bands we've talked about in this whole fucking thing we've ever done, Sigur is somehow above the bands that people have built their whole identity. I would say above all other music as a concept. Sometimes the thing that comes up when we're talking about how a band is, you know, not as landmark as the upset fans in the comments are going to act like they are. One of the things that we talk about is how many people really have a tattoo of this band's artwork, the album Mm -hmm. artwork. This band is probably the actual most tattooed band artwork wise, not just lyric tattoos, the album covers of any band that we've ever done. If you search Sir Rose tattoos. Yes, shit ton. It's fucking weird. And it's been happening since like 97. Okay, so I was talking about how I could see how some people could get sucked into this. Yeah. The first album that really music critics outside of Iceland started paying attention to was Algaitis Birion. And the band had several songs in the movie Vanilla Sky which came out right before the Parentheses album was released. And one of the songs may have even been used in the Vanilla Sky trailer. I can't remember. They had songs from like that second album that were in the movie. And then one of the songs from the Parentheses album. God damn. Again, like that's, that's how you have oh. to talk about it. You have the one song from the Parentheses album is what you have to say. The fact that you have to say Parentheses album. So stupid. Spoiler alert for Vanilla Sky, not full spoiler, but uh, I think the song that hadn't yet been released from the parentheses album is in the scene in Vanilla Sky where Tom Cruise jumps off the building. That's all I'll say. 
We've been over this before. The marketing budget for a major movie from a director like Cameron Crowe at that point of his career, when he makes a movie with Tom motherfucking Cruise, the marketing budget on that movie is going to be astronomically higher than the marketing budget for any album in history. All right. So any music prominently featured in the movie benefits from that marketing campaign is all but guaranteed to spike when it's heard by millions of people who do not spend any time whatsoever trying to find new music. So those people had never heard anything remotely like this band. The closest they'd ever come would have been something like Explosions in the Sky. I was going to say. But Friday Night Lights happened years later. That band had not crossed over to mainstream like they did. So Cher Rose sounded like it was from another planet. Yeah. So I, I get that. I understand how that happens for people. And then the album that they released after the parentheses one, Talk, becomes their most successful one because it's the one that came out a few years after fans had been you know, putting songs on mix CDs for people, telling everyone about their favorite band and how cool it was that they made up their own language, that shit. So then their next album, of course, even though it's fucking terrible... Even if you like this band, I don't understand how you would think that that is their best album or the one that should have the most record sales. It is obviously just capitalizing on this hype wave that happened here. I think on that album, you can hear this band already getting bored with their own music, which they have only continued to grow more and more bored with it. And if that's not obvious to you, you're bad at reading between the lines of what people say. It's weird to say that like a band like this sounds like they're phoning it in. The whole thing sounds phoned in and absolutely really like goofy the whole time. But it does feel at some point in there, we are like, oh, we could just quite literally put out anything and people are going to go, oh my God, this is like a spiritual experience. After that talk album, you can hear them getting more and more bored on everything they did until they finally tried to get back in touch with their mall goth roots by adding more distortion to some songs on this album. I don't know how it said, like Kviker, 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 something like that. And I remember when this came out, a lot of the reviews said that they added metal to their sound. And I've got to think that that word was in the press release that got sent to everyone. And that's the only reason that it got put in there because it really just added distortion to what they were already doing. And their audience has the mentality of small children. So I assume that scared the hell out of their fans and the band had to go back to just reworking the same. They've kind of like tried to streamline it and pop up the sound. I don't understand how anyone is still listening to this. Uh, One thing that's funny, as soon as this band got a little bit of buzz, they put a message on their website about how their intentions were to change music forever. And, uh, Robert Christgau, who we've made fun of a lot on this podcast because he deserves to be made fun of a lot. This really, really pissed him off. This was a pretty famous thing at the time. He wrote some review just like fucking shitting on this band because they put this message on their website that said they were going to change music forever. And at this point in history, we can pretty confidently say that is not going to happen. You could not even honestly call this an influential band. No, nobody said oh, I listened to the Parentheses album and went, oh shit, I need to start a band so I can sound like Zigoros. I need to learn how to play one thing on piano. <laughs> Most uninfluential band in the history of music. There's not a single band that exists because of this no band. One. Not one that you've heard of, at least. Cello bows did not start flying off the shelves of musical instrument stores when this band became popular. Mm-hmm. For one thing, this band is not even that original. You put Mogwai, the Cocteau Twins, and Bardo Pond in a blender, this is what you get. 
it also just they pull it off so piss poor live you know what i mean like he's apparently been losing his voice too i watched this like live show thing that they did and i was like oh my god this is actually like really fucking embarrassing i can't imagine again people going to the show and being like i want to do what they're doing nobody says it's that. you no it's you nobody i just don't believe it what other huge band exists because of cigarettes acdc Probably 200 modern rock bands yeah. that literally have existed because of ACDC, just as an example. If there is a band that you think sounds like Sierra Rose, it's because the band that you think sounds like them sounds like a band that came before Sierra Rose. You probably don't know what an Ebo is, but look up what an Ebo is and find out what it does. That has been available in music stores since the year 1976. And if you go look at a list of bands who regularly use Ebos, you're going to hear a lot of the same sounds that you associate with Sigur Rós because there are basically three things that a guitar player can do with an Ebo, and you can only do two of them with a cello bow. So that's the limitations of this thing. You have to add a fuckload of reverb to it to make it work. That's what Jonesy does. Same with his vocals too, by the way. And that's why they record their albums in a fucking swimming pool, in case you haven't figured that one out yet either. Daniel Ash is a guitar player who comes to mind, uh, particularly on Love and Rockets albums. His guitar on Love and Rockets, you're going to hear Ebo all over that stuff. Definitely check it out, because obviously you haven't heard it if you think that this is some mind-blowing shit. A lot of people saw Cigarettes for the first time, because again, they stopped going to church five minutes before that, <laughs> and went, oh my god, I've never seen someone do that. Yeah, well, because you listen to DC Talk your whole entire life. It's really not that shocking for anybody that actually listened to music. That's cute for you and everything. It's just not really going to work for me because I'm someone who spent a ton of time listening to the band Cranes. And maybe that's why I don't want to listen to some shit that sounds like the score of a nature documentary. We got to kill it right here. So this band may not have to worry about getting sued for plagiarizing a pop song anytime soon, but if whales ever learn copyright law, then they are royally <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I say music to fuck dudes, music for whales to fuck do. I think if you played this for whales, there's a good chance that whales would start killing people. Motherfucker, I wrote that. I wrote that. What kind of bullshit is this? My friend Steve already fucking played that song, you piece Steve, of shit. Steve, come over here. Listen to this. They stole your song. <laughs> they start killing humans. About time. Shout out to all our Icelandic fans. Apologize in advance for not understanding the geography of the world super well, but uh, if your favorite band is Cigarros, your favorite You're welcome for another gobbledygook episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. If you're looking for more information on how to deprogram yourself from joining a cult, I'm sure ChatGPT can help you out with that. If you need help coming up with a smart-ass comment to leave on any of our social media, I'm sure ChatGPT can help you out with that. Oh, if you don't follow the podcast on social media, you should give it a shot. We don't post a ton, so it's not like you're just going to get spammed all the time. And when one of us does post, it's usually pretty funny or likely to attract some form of comedy in the replies. So track us down on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. I think Mark has been putting some episode clips on TikTok, if that's your thing. There is also a subreddit for the show that doesn't seem terrible from what I've seen. 
All right, what does everyone think about us hanging out in the S section of the record store for a minute? I would say this next episode has been a long time coming for a lot of reasons. If you'd like to hear as many of those reasons as we can fit in about an hour, stay tuned for the return of the podcast because we will be discussing how much the band Simon and Garfunkel sucks.